spray hit my face with the force of pebble dash. As waves lifted us and the outboard screamed in protest as the propeller left the water, I could see lights on the coast and could just make out the glow of Oran, Algeria's second largest city. But we were steering clear of its busy port, where the Spanish ferries toed and froed. We were heading about ten k's east to make landfall at a point between the city and a place called Cap Ferrat. One look at the map during the briefing in Alexandria had made it clear the French had left their mark here big time. The coastline was peppered with Cap this, Plage that, Port the other. Cap Ferrat itself was easy to recognise. Its lighthouse flashed every few seconds in the darkness to the left of the glow from Iran. We were heading for a small spit of land that housed some of the intermittent clusters of light we were starting to make out quite well now as we got closer to the coastline. As the bow crashed through the water, I moved to the rear of the boat to minimise the effects of the spray and wind, pissed off that I was wet and cold before I'd even started this job. Lotfi was the other side of the outboard. I looked across as he checked his GPS and adjusted the throttle to keep us on the right bearing. The brine burned my eyes, but this was a whole lot better than the sub we'd just left. It had been built in the 1960s and the aircon was losing its grip. After being cooped up in diesel fumes for three days, waiting for the right moment to make this hit, I'd been gagging to be out in the fresh air. Even aired this fresh. I comforted myself with the thought that the next time I inhaled diesel, I'd be chugging along ninety metres below the Mediterranean, back to Alexandria, drinking steaming cups of sweet black tea and celebrating the end of my very last job. The lights got closer, and the coastline took on a bit more shape, Lotfi didn't need the GPS any more, and it went into the rubber bow bag. We were maybe four hundred metres off the shore, and I could start to make out the target area. The higher rocky ground was flooded with light, and in the blackness below it, I could just about make out the cliff. And the beach, Lotfi had assured us, was good enough to land on. We moved forward more slowly now, the engine just ticking over to keep the noise down. When we were about a hundred metres from the beach... Lotfi cut the fuel and tilted the outboard until it locked horizontal once more. The boat lost momentum and began to wallow in the swell. He'd already started to connect one of the full fuel bladders in preparation for our exfiltration. We couldn't afford to mince about if the shit hit the fan and we had to do a runner. His teeth flashed white as he gave us a huge grin. Now we paddle. It was obvious from the way they constantly took the piss out of each other that Lotfi and the one whose name I still couldn't pronounce, Hubba Hubba, something like that, had worked together before. Hubba Hubba was still at the bow and dug his wooden paddle into the swell. We closed in on the beach. The sky was perfectly clear and star-filled, and suddenly there wasn't a breath of wind. All I could hear was the gentle slap of the paddles pushing through the water, joined now and again by the scrape of boots on the wooden flooring as one or other of us shifted position. At least the paddling had got me warm. Lotfi never stopped checking ahead to make sure we were going to hit the beach exactly where he wanted. And the Arabic for right, I did know. Ilal Yamin, Yamin. The two of them were Egyptian, and that was about as much as I wanted to know. Not that it had turned out that way. Like me, they were deniable operators, In fact, everyone and everything about this job was deniable.
If we were compromised, the U.S. would deny the Egyptians were false flagging this job for them, and I guessed that was just the price Egypt had to pay for being the second biggest recipient of U.S. aid apart from Israel, to the tune of about two billion dollars a year. There's no such thing as a free falafel. Egypt, in its turn, would deny these two, and as for me, they probably didn't even know I was there. I didn't care. I had no cover documents, so if I was captured I was going to get stitched up regardless. The only bits of paper I'd been issued with were four thousand US dollar bills in tens and fifties, with which to try to buy my way out of the country if I got in the shit, and keep if they weren't needed. It was much better than working for the Brits. We kept paddling towards the clusters of light. The wetness down my back and under my arms was now warm but still uncomfortable. I looked up at the other two, and we nodded mutual encouragement. They were both good lads, and both had the same haircut. Shiny, jet black.